Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finance with Fernando. I am your host, Fernando John DeCunha, a.k.a. The Mortgage Maverick. Please follow me on Facebook at Fernando John DeCunha or via Instagram at Mortgage Maverick. Mortgage is M-O-R-T-G-A-G-E. Maverick is M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K. Today is episode number 16 of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed 15 regarding pre-approvals and pre-qualifications and what the difference is. Um, today is actually a topic that has been coming up my entire career um, and is one of those topics that is somewhat a gray area in real estate and we'll be discussing the difference between a short sale of a home and a foreclosure. Um, most consumers I speak with, they will start the conversation with me and say, I'm looking for a, uh, a short sale property or foreclosure because they believe there's a deal tied to those types of properties. And I'm sure any of my real estate friends that are listening to the, to the episode today um, will either, you know, eye roll or something along those lines, huff and puff, because um, I feel like there is this stigma that consumers want to chase that deal. You know, they think that if they buy something either at auction or foreclosure or short sale, they're going to be paying less than the market value. And in some cases that is true. Um, but I kind of want to unravel what each one of those short sales and foreclosure processes entails, because uh, I think that's important. Um, so as far as what a short sale is, um, and, and I think a lot of this episode is going to hit home with a lot of my first time home buyers that may be listening or um, that I may assist in financing. So a short sale essentially is whenever a seller sells a property and they owe more than what they're selling the property for. So for example, and I this is just a random example, I'm going to put numbers to it. So let's say um, they owe 250000 on their mortgage and they're selling their property for 200000 that would be considered a short sale. And what it means is, is essentially they are requesting that the lender they have the mortgage with actually take a loss on the property and uh, they have to go through like a legal process um, with the lender allowing them to do this. Okay, they have to gain consent from the lender to short sell the home. Now, typically someone would short sell the home and this is quite popular um, even now, but years ago, after the 2008 real estate uh, market downturn, um, a lot of people were short selling because what happened was they received loans that they couldn't afford. But once the value of their home decreased, um, they couldn't. They could short. They could foreclose the home. But a short sale is somewhat better because um, lenders look at it differently than a foreclosure. Foreclosure could be because of uh, something called financial mismanagement. A short sale could just be because they received a loan um, erroneously from a lender during that you know period of time where. They weren't really checking income and assets and credit to qualify clients. They were just checking if they had a pulse and giving them a loan, which was scary. But um, I, luckily, I wasn't around during that time, so I don't have a guilty conscience or anything. But um, yeah, the short sale has to be approved by the by the lender that is actually taking the loss and um, will then allow that seller to uh, move forward with the sale of the property. Now, the problem with the short sale is that, um, and any of, once again, my real estate 
friends who are listening to this, they'll know short sales are extremely tedious. And what I find is a lot of first-time home buyers have bought, have purchased short sales because they're not educated enough um, when going into the process. A short sale can take as quick as a few months to get approved by the short selling bank. Um, and I've seen as long in my career, I've seen as long as two years. Now that was one instance throughout the past eight years that I've been doing mortgages, but um, I did see a client go through a short sale process and it literally take two years for them to close. Um, the reason being is that they had, I was involved extremely prematurely. The uh, real estate agent wasn't as educated on that short sale process. And the client was obviously anxious to close on the home and get into the property. Um, the thing is with a short sale, you have to almost forget that you're buying a home. I know that kind of sounds ridiculous, but you do. Um, you can't make any arrangements about moving out of your current property or residence or rental or living with family or whatever the situation may be. You can't do that. You cannot have any idea of moving from where you currently live into your new property that you're buying if it's a short sale until you have that bank approval. And then once you have the bank approval from the short selling lender, the short selling lender, I should say, um, they'll want to close quick. So you'll have to close in like a month. So that's like the, the double-edged sword. You know, it's like a hurry up and wait. And then all of a sudden it's a hurry up again. Um, and you'll need to close quickly. So typically what I recommend on the financing side, I'm not going to speak on the real estate agent side, um, but I do wear, we all wear in real estate multiple hats. Um, what I typically recommend, and a lot of attorneys that I've worked with on short sales will recommend is you get the ball rolling on the financing, okay? You would definitively have to update your documents over a period of time. Documents, whenever you submit a loan for underwriting um, to obtain a mortgage, are typically valid for two months, which is 60 days. Um, if you don't have short sale approval within that 60-day mark, well, what will happen is, is that then you'll be required to update those documents as well. And um, the big thing with that is, is that as long as you're staying proactive, it will make life a lot easier, okay, when you're updating documents throughout the lending process to eventually close when you do get that short sale approval, okay, because um, like I said, they'll want to do it quick. But I always recommend, and this is, this is where it gets a little tricky, not to lock your interest rate, okay? And I haven't really touched based, I've discussed interest rates in the past, but I haven't, I haven't been granular with what locking an interest rate means. It essentially means you're saving the market rate for a specific day and time uh, to close. So, you know, if you if you like whatever the market is, you know, providing you as far as an interest rate for your mortgage, you could lock that rate, you could save it. That's what the underwriter will use to qualify you and uh, you will eventually close and that will be your rate for the length of the loan. Um, I typically recommend on a short sale, and I can't make this decision for my client, but I recommend not locking a rate until you actually have the bank approval from the short selling bank. Because if you go past that rate lock period, you actually have extension fees to keep that same rate that you originally received during the time of going through the process. So um, what I what I say is, is that you're, once again, it's like the hurry up and wait kind of mentality. You know, you go through the process and you're, getting whatever type of um, approvals you need, you know, you're discussing the rates and whenever someone gives you a mortgage, they're going to quote you a rate, obviously, during that process. But it doesn't mean it's guaranteed because you don't even know when you're going to close during a short sale. Um, so that's extremely important. That's a huge takeaway. Do not 
rely on the fact that uh, you may be closing in a month or two months, no matter what anyone says. You know, I've seen short sale processes where, you know, maybe there's a specific party that isn't, you know, isn't educated enough. They don't know the process and, uh, you know, they're looking for a quick closing. And then all of a sudden people are putting, you know, items in storage and, you know, kind of making plans with their landlord to move out and stuff. Don't do any of that. You have to wait until the bank approval. Okay. So that's the skinny as far as short sales are concerned. Um, sometimes you find a deal, more than likely you don't. You're typically paying maybe a few thousand less than market. Most of the time, recently over the past few years, you're paying market value. Um, you know, we've kind of come out of that gauntlet of there being significant deals on short sales and even foreclosures. And I'll touch base on that in a second. But, um, you know, a, a lot of the lenders are now privy to the fact that inventory is low. And whenever they do offer a short sale or a foreclosure to the market, they're typically pricing it similar to comps in the area. You know, they don't want to lose their shirt. I mean, there's just so much money that, that lenders could lose over a period of time. And what's happening is, is that they're looking at it as, you know what, I'm just going to hold the property for the time being until the right buyer comes. Okay, so be aware of that. Um, foreclosures are very similar but different in the sense of timing. So a foreclosure does go through those legal proceedings with the seller and, um, you know, there's there's a whole back end of a foreclosure similar to a short sale that I'm not going to get into as far as the legality of it. But the foreclosure is essentially when, when it hits the market, a foreclosed property is ready to be sold. Okay, everything has been done. There's no approvals needed besides the bids that you offer on the property. Um, and you're dealing directly with an asset management company, a property management company that is uh, typically a third party to whichever lender is the foreclosing bank. Um, so if you're dealing with, you know, let's say, well, I'm not going to name names, but let's say you're dealing with one of the big four banks in the nation and they're the foreclosing bank, they will typically have a third party property uh, asset management company um, working with your real estate agent for negotiations uh, on whatever price you're offering. Now, this is this goes back to what I was saying earlier in this episode about, um, you know, a few years ago, and even myself, I've bought foreclosed properties and I actually turned them into investment properties that I still own. Um, you know, a foreclosed property can be a deal. Okay. There's an opportunity to buy a foreclosed or a short sale property and actually receive a deal. You have to do your diligence and educate yourself on the market and actually look at what comparable sales and conditions of properties local to that, you know, in that neighborhood, uh, what they're selling for. But with a foreclosure nowadays, there, there's not as many of them, you know, back in 2008, when we had that downturn, um, for about three to five years thereafter, uh, up until about, you know, 2013, 2014, there was a flood of short sales and foreclosures in the market. And what happened was whenever there's a recession, people who have money, they gobble up opportunity. It's similar to like whenever you see a stock, you know, uh, move downward, you know, let's say Amazon, you know, just completely took a dip and nosedive because of some, you know, some quarterly reporting. That's a buy. Okay, you want to buy at that point. It's similar with real estate. It's with anything, anything you're investing in in life. You have a downturn in the market. If you believe that item, that investment is going to eventually come back and, and be worth something again, be worth that same value before the downturn, you buy it in that downturn. So when the recession hit in 2008 for real estate, for like three to five years thereafter, there were a lot of programs to help 
um, homeowners, you know, keep their properties, keep them in the home. There was a lot of shady stuff that was going on as well with lenders. Um, but they, you know, most of them were trying to rectify it. But what really happened was investors with deep pockets all of a sudden came came out of the woodwork, started buying a lot of the foreclosed and short sale properties. They were getting into contracts and um, a lot of them were gobbled up. The foreclosures that are still out there do, you know, there's still opportunity, you know, few and far between, but you could find them um, if you look hard enough. But uh, a lot of the properties that are still on the market that are foreclosed are either condemned, they need a ton of work, um, and they're just not overall attractive for someone that may be buying their first home. You know, you don't know how many clients will contact me and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm starting my home search. Um, I'm only looking at foreclosed properties. You know, and typically it's because the mentality of the consumer is, well, I, you know, I'll get a deal. You know, I'll buy something. I'll be able to, you know, do some minor renovations and really get a large value out of it. You know, really get major equity out of that home. And that may be the case. I mean, that happened for me back in 2010. You know, I bought my first house when I was 24 and um, I ended up buying a foreclosure. I, I did massive renovation to it, completely rebuilt the house, gutted it. You could literally see from the back of the house to the front. It was just studs. Redid everything, um, electrical, plumbing, you know, everything, you name it. And uh, the house is worth, you know, probably three times what I what I put into it, you know, which is amazing. You know, when you're talking about, let's say, a hundred, $125,000 investment to get a return of two fifty dollars to three fifty dollars from that home, as well as rental income this entire time, it is a great investment. The thing is, is that you have to keep in mind, since then, I've been looking for these opportunities myself. And uh, when I say looking, I mean daily. It's not something where I log on on a Sunday night, you know, after a nice dinner with my wife, trying to see if there's opportunity to buy investment real estate. I receive daily listings and actually go through them every single morning for four different counties and actually look for these opportunities. And the reason why I mention this is because there are people doing that just like me. And when you have someone who's a first-time home buyer, or even someone who isn't, who owns a home and they're just looking for a good opportunity to, you know, buy something at a lower price, um, there's other people out there doing the same, and they have they basically have made a job of it, you know. And uh, you have to be aware of that. So the good thing about the foreclosure, though, is when you do find something that you want to pursue as a foreclosure. It's um, it's a streamlined process. It's the same as buying a regular home because it's already gone through that those legal proceedings. Um, everything is approved by the bank. They could actually get it done for you as if they are a, a typical seller, like they are one entity selling it, which is nice. Um, you have to be obviously weary about the condition of the property and your appraised value if you're financing it, you know, because the appraisal makes a difference at times, you know, depending on the type of loan you're receiving. And I've discussed that in previous episodes, FHA loans, the types of appraisals that uh, that they deal with, conventional financing and those appraisals, how they're a little more lenient. So you have to be conscious of that. But it is a more streamlined process as if you're buying standard real estate from a seller when you're dealing with a foreclosure. You don't need any type of approvals per se. Um, the one thing I have seen, though, including myself, um, and, and, you know, it's just, we're, you know, we're human. It's, it's, uh, a habit almost whenever I see a foreclosure, I always lowball the bank, you know, I'll throw out a low, a low offer, you know, it's a foreclosure. It's on the market for two fifty. I throw out a hundred thousand dollar offer. They usually turn around and say, no, we're good. Um, and then you kind of just kick it off from there. But the one thing I will tell you is you don't want to upset the asset manager that is representing the bank. That's taking offers from your real estate agent. 
um, because they will turn a blind eye and kind of ignore your agent after a while. If you submit a certain amount of offers, you know, most real estate agents recommend you go, you go as high as three offers, um, no more than that, because that really shows that, you know, you, you kind of go back and forth on two and then the third offer is really your, your final, um, once again, I'm not a real estate agent, so that's just what I've seen in my experience. But um, like I said, the foreclosure process is definitely easier. So if you do, if you're trying to compare a short sale to a foreclosure, the short sale is going to be extremely time consuming, maybe worth the wait. Okay. Um, foreclosure is uh, definitely a, more of a standard transaction. You could lock your interest rate. You could get things done within about 30, 60 days, maybe even sooner, depending on what state you're buying. And, um, and it's something that will, will make you feel a little more confident in closing as far as the timing is concerned. Um, so that, that's kind of the skinny of it. Okay. I've gone over somewhat, you know, big picture as far as the difference between short, clo- uh, <laughs> short closures, short sales and foreclosures. Um, hopefully you've learned something from this. I, I know that a lot of, um, you know, my, my business partners and colleagues in the industry, they know the difference, at least, you know, from the basic standpoint. But I think what really is important in this episode is timing um, because everyone wants to close on real estate as of yesterday. And that's anything, right? It's We live in a world of technology. Everything is instantaneous. You know, you send a text message, you expect it to be delivered, you expect a response within a few minutes. It's the same thing with real estate. There's no different. It's the same thing with, you know, standard investments, mutual funds, whatever. You want instant gratification. Um, And I think when you're dealing with a short sale and a foreclosure, you just have to keep in mind you may not get that. You're dealing with multiple hands in the pot, even more so than a standard real estate transaction, um, which has a ton of hands in the pot as well when you're going through one. Um, so thank you for listening. Hopefully this is beneficial to you. If you have any follow-up questions or any feedback, feel free to reach out to me, send me a direct message, um, you know, comment, like, please share. Um, I have a ton of additional content. I wrote a bunch of different episodes that will be upcoming. Um, please listen to my, my, uh, business profiles interviews that I've, I've actually rolled out. It's going to be great info for you kind of um, a different take on not only real estate, but also interviewing different professionals throughout uh, various industries. Um, The first episode was actually with a financial planner, um, which I will definitely have on future episodes back. So she could kind of give her take on uh, some benefits on, you know, planning and what to do um, even prior to buying real estate during and after buying real estate and just, you know, once again, high level stuff. I'll have some business owners on. I'll even have some uh, fitness professionals and how that ties into business as well, you know, being healthy and succeeding. Um, I really appreciate your support. The podcast has been blowing up recently, um, and that's because of you guys, the listeners. Um, As I mentioned at the end of every episode, I could help you buy your first, next, and last home. Thank you again for your support. Have a great day, and I'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.